Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness, from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this radio show and YouTube show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option might work in their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. Now today, I'm extremely pleased to present you Debbie Hampton, an experiential expert on the brain, and Debbie, welcome. Thank you, Christine. It's a real pleasure to talk with somebody else that survived suicide. You were not quite as fortunate as myself. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up being a health, mental health advocate and a brain health expert and mental health expert on, on. Well, um, it expands of five decades, so I'll condense it. But um, I had a pretty normal childhood for the time period. It was the 60s and 70s, and I grew up in a middle-class family in the United States. And I mean, we were by all means normal. But the thing that we lacked, like a lot of families at that time and still today, was knowledge about emotional intelligence. So my parents gave me everything and I got a really good education, but I didn't learn anything about emotional or mental health. Mm-hmm. Same so, here. I hear you. And I hope that's changing. I don't know that it, I, I know my, my children are young adults. And I didn't bring them up with the awareness, but I've tried to in the later part of their lives. But um, so, I mean, I went through high school and college and married my high school college sweetheart. Mainly, I mean, because this was in the 60s and it was just the beginning of women starting to do something besides traditional roles. But I, for one, was always kind of anxious. And for me, the ideal was to latch on to somebody and kind of ride their coattails or let them lead. And I would follow. And I did love my husband, but that was a large um, priority propelling me forward too and uh, we stayed married for 18 years and he climbed the corporate ladder and became more powerful and at the same time 
that he was rising, I was declining because the more powerful he became, the more codependent and less powerful I became because he became the imposing one and we met all his needs and all his wishes which involved like moving every two years and i mean states i don't mean towns wow which really allowed me no social support network yes and um i graduated from college just like he did with a degree a business degree from a prestigious school but because we moved every two years for his job, I never really got to use it. I kind of took administrative jobs, support jobs, until I finally, after nine years, stayed home and had our first child. And in between that first child and the second child, my brother, who was 10 months older than me, proceeded to get sick with the AIDS and die. So I took, uh, became a caregiver for him for two years as he died from AIDS. So you've got a combination of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. My biological disposition was in my family, depression, alcoholism, I didn't learn good mental health and coping tools. Mm. And then life kind of just wore on me. Uh, The marriage, the caretaking and death of my brother, the taking care of kids. And as depression does, nobody is born depressed. Depression is an epigenetic pattern, which means uh, your brain, your cells, your genes, everything react to what happens in your life. And my brain became depressed, which always had that tendency and propensity from factors to begin with. And life events pushed me in that direction. Mm. So um, I actually ended the marriage and moved to a different state with my sons. And after some tumultuous relationships, which were not much better than the marriage, because I hadn't changed. I mean, I saw the same thing. And I frankly was scared to death. I was anxious. I was more depressed than ever and hopeless, so I tried to commit suicide, and I very nearly succeeded. Um, I took a bunch of prescription drugs and was in a coma for a week. Wow. And when I woke up, I, I couldn't speak. All I could do is make sounds. My hands had a constant tremor because I had... Well, what what I know now was serotonin syndrome. Mm. Um, I couldn't control my bodily functions. I mean, I was severely brain injured. Yeah. How was your thought processes? Do you remember that? Could you think or were you in a fog? No, I mean, I wasn't conscious as you and I know consciousness to be. 
Mm -hmm. I would liken it, I mean, I kind of, I kind of think I know what it's like to be impaired. I mean, to the point where people that with an impaired brain, and it's not, I mean, I always felt sorry for them, but it's not, it wasn't that bad because you don't know any different when you're in that state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is your reality. Yes. So it's not like you're wishing you were something else. Mm. But I, I basically had no memory. I didn't know my second son had been born. I didn't know I'd gotten divorced. I mean, and gradually over the first year, I healed somewhat. My ex-husband sued me for custody of my sons, one, and immediately moved out of state with them. Wow. Which um, was devastating. But in retrospect, he didn't know it, but it was probably the best thing he could have done to allow me to heal. Mm. Because healing from a brain injury takes all of your energy, mental, physical, everything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have taken care of them, and I wouldn't. It wouldn't have been fair to them. Yes. So, in retrospect, it was definitely for the best. But at the time, it was extremely traumatic. But I had nothing to focus on but healing, and I told myself, and that was the first time ever in my life that I not focused on somebody else, a man my kids, the dog. I mean, I was one of those people that always put herself last. Yeah. And the brain injury forced me and taking my kids away. Yeah. Forced me to put myself first because I couldn't do anything else. And also I was at first I was mad. I was mad that I didn't succeed. And then I was mad at my parents and everybody else was going to make sure that I didn't do it again. Uh-huh. So when I finally accepted, I couldn't kill myself, and that wasn't an option. And, I mean, suicide, I'd seen it from a youth in my family. It runs in my family. Yeah. And when, when that's a suggestion to you, when you see that as a child, I forget the exact statistics, but you're much, the the likelihood that you will try to commit suicide goes way up. Right. Because number one, it was just an option to, uh, it's always an option to me. Yeah. And the suicidality and depression and alcohol, it's all on the same gene. That it's turned on by by epigenetics, by your life. Now, let me ask you a question. What made the difference for you between becoming a brain injury victim for life and becoming the person that you are today, thriving and relatively well? Well, that is an interesting story, which I'll try to I'll try to compress. Um, my, I have another brother who's four years older than me, and he lives in California. And um, 
I think he knew I needed something to look forward to because I was spraying in dirt and my kids have taken away. So um, we planned a trip, just he and I, to Hawaii. And I had a, a, a nice alimony from the ex. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I was destitute. Thankfully, I had money to pursue alternative therapies that allowed me to heal. That is but I also could take a trip to Hawaii. So me and my brother go to Hawaii. And on like the very first day, we go snorkeling in this beautiful bay. And I was a competitive swimmer and a lifeguard all through high school and college. So I was a really good swimmer. But after the brain injury, I mean, it affects all your coordination, your ability to swallow. I mean, I could even run or walk normally afterwards wow. because it affects all those things. Yes. So I wasn't near as good a swimmer. Yeah. But with the fins, and all that. I mean, I was pretty strong. So we went snorkeling around this bay in Hawaii. And this brings us to the end of the first half of today's broadcast here on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio. Please tune in after the commercial break for more. Hello and welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM or on the web at communityradio.ca. I am your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. And I accidentally kicked off one of my fins on a coral rock underneath the surface. And I was right at the mouth of the bay where the current was strong and the waves were coming in. And without my fin, I wasn't nearly as strong a swimmer. Yes. So um, I was really struggling. I mean, I felt like a deer being chased by a lion. I felt like it was life or death. And I made it over to some coral rocks sticking up out the water. And if, if you may know, coral is sharp and it cuts your hands and your feet. So it was cutting me and I was bleeding everywhere. Wow. And my brother saw my distress and he was like, hold on, I'll go get your sand shoes. Okay, so while he was going to shore with his back turned towards me, I decided to swim to this little sailboat that was in the middle of the bay. And after what seemed like the longest swim of my life, I made it to the sailboat and hung up, I mean, hung on the side of it, bleeding, yelling, help. And this scruffy old man came above deck and rowed me to shore in like this little canoe kind of thing. Yeah. And I never went snorkeling again. Wow. And it really scared me. But, and I didn't realize until I got home, I tried to kill myself six months earlier. And here was a situation that was life or death. Why didn't I just slip under the water quietly right. and finish what I started six months ago? Yeah, why? Why didn't you? I realized 
that my innate instinct was to live uh-huh. and that what was convincing me that I didn't want to live were the thoughts in my head. And I what think I was, that is so amazing, Debbie, because we have very much parallels that we started to hear that inner voice that we really didn't want right. to die. For you, it was a little bit later, so I was fortunate. I got away without the serious brain injury you had, but I know how it feels, and but you're I respect right. you that's, for that. That's the first time I can ever remember questioning my thoughts and not just believing that they were reality because wow. I was like, wait a minute. But from that point on, I decided consciously that I did want to live. Good and to I told myself, if I have to live, I'm not living like this because I could barely speak. I barely had any memory. So from that point on, I started looking for alternative therapies and I started teaching myself how to rehabilitate my brain. Wow. And I found those therapies. But in doing so, in healing my brain, I also healed my depression and learned the mental health tools that I never learned when I was younger. Right. And really that alone I mean, just learning how to think differently and how to talk to myself differently. And, and that carries over into your actions and how you behave and how you treat yourself and how you treat others and what you do. And it changes your whole life. And I'm not saying depression is as simple as just changing your thoughts or just saying positive. I think... That's a bunch of malarkey too. Yeah, it's a, I always say it's a total affair of body, mind, and spirit. Right. And they all have to come in alignment and function for you to be a functioning person. Yeah. And that that is not um, something that is new. It's been around since the 70s. It's just not part of standard Western medicine. But the government is starting to fund it for brain injury war veterans. I mean, this stuff works the same with hyperbaric oxygen. It works. It works, absolutely. You just need enough of it to get the brain enough oxygen so the cells can regenerate. And I mean, Dr. Christine, I, I went every day for, I'm gonna say a month, and then I went like three times a week and I mean, it's been 12 years since my injury, and I still go once a month for two hours. And that is just to kind of recharge my brain. Yeah. But I can still tell a difference. And to be honest, for me, it's kind of an insurance policy. Yeah. It helps keep you healthy. I mean, people do hyperbaric oxygen when they have cancer and when they have sicknesses. Why not do it when you're well? Absolutely. I have a friend, she actually had a clinic in New York doing 
hyperbaric oxygen therapy, especially for brain injury, because it works. It does. And, it but not by itself, as you did. You did it all together. And look at you now. You're amazing. Yes, you have a little speech impediment, but nothing serious. And that will go away in the next few years, I'm sure. <laughs> you think? Well, um, what I want to press upon people yes. is you don't have to have a brain injury to do this. Yes. I mean, that is what sparked the changes in me. Yeah. And you don't have to do this extensive amount of work to improve yourself right. if you weren't as damaged as I was. But if the average person will clean up their diet, get enough sleep, get exercise, work on things that want to improve whether it's singing, public speaking, playing an instrument, I don't know. But we spend so much time doing things that we, Dr. Michael Merzenich, who was one of the original scientists that discovered neuroplasticity or confirmed it, yeah, um, says that we are masters at reverse plasticity or negative plasticity, yes. which means we drive our brains to be anxious, to be depressed, to be in a fog, to, to be not... As in age, because we sit on the Chesterfield watching TV all day and traveling in junk. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't deny that your brain is going to naturally decline with age. But a lot of it does not have to happen. A lot of it we perpetuate. And I like your excitement. I like your attitude. It does not have to be the way. You have a good chance to change it for yourself and your family. And I find that so important, that message to get on. Don't give up. Go for it. There is ways out there that are beyond just saying, oh, well, you've got Alzheimer's, you're going to die from it. You'll get Alzheimer's too if you get old enough. No, it doesn't have to be for everybody. There's people that have a genetic propensity, they have a higher risk. Still, they can reduce their risk by half. And that's amazing. I think the major thing to take away here is that prevention is the best medicine. Yeah. If you wait until things start going wrong, it may be too late. You may be able to maintain. Mm. But why not start while you're healthy? Start cleaning up your diet, finding ways to handle stress. I meditate daily. That actually changes your brain. Yes, it reduces amygdala activity, which I have anxiety. And that is the number one disorder in the world. Wonder why. Right. And and for me, it's Tai Chi. For other people, it's yoga. It's a meditative exercise. I love Tai Chi and I do it every day because it gives me stress relief. It helps the neuroplasticity. And of course, it is exercise. Although I'm it's a practice in art. It, I think it's really hard. I'm a yogaholic. I do yoga about 
four or five times a week uh-huh. plus meditating. And if I don't do yoga, I walk or yeah. do cardio or do something, run the stairs. Yes. And that's amazing. Now, Debbie, we'll slowly end the end of the show, but uh, to not take too much time but i do want you to tell the viewers how can they contact you if they are looking to learn from you from your experience and from your acquired knowledge where you are really very knowledgeable how can they find you how can they get help from you okay i've got a website called thebestbrainpossible.com great url love it and I have all kinds of information on there about how I healed from the brain injury, but I've done it for eight years now. So it's gone. It's more science-based now. And I would say it's about neuroplasticity now and about how to harness it to better anxiety, better depression, better your thinking habits, and mindfulness and what i see is mindfulness is not this airy fairy thing it's a mental health tool it's it's what my website is all about it's about learning to control your brain to help you and i've also written two books one is called beat depression and anxiety by changing your brain and that's a how-to guide on these simple things that you can do in your life you don't have to pay someone to change your brain and your life and then i wrote a memoir about how i became depressed and tried to commit suicide and how i healed and it's called um sex suicide serotonin that's a nice title i like it and i've heard from other people that it's really entertaining and engaging and it's kind of a self-help in disguise i mean you kind of learn from my experience with well you're entertained that's amazing debbie i'm so thankful that you came on my show where can they get the books on amazon yeah amazon um I self-published one, mm-hmm. the first one, and this one is on Barnes & Noble, everywhere you can get books, because it's by a publisher. Oh, amazing, amazing. So thank you so much. And this brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you for being my guest today. And this brings us to the end of today's show. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact me, my email here is christine at communityradio.ca or you can contact me through my website docchristine.com D-O-C-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E dot com. I'm always grateful for any feedback. You might not know this, but this is a volunteer-run non-profit radio station and we even have an art gallery. If you're local and you'd like to drop in, we are at 11 Glendale Avenue, Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. 
Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE FM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca for the next episode. Goodbye and have a great day.